Ruthann, if you're a driver in the industry and you're looking for a new job, National Carriers is looking for student drivers and experienced drivers for regional runs, over-the-road, lease purchase, or company positions with those beautiful KWT680s. Call them today at 888-311-7076. Ruthann. Hmm. Um, we did a, uh, an interview recently. We're going to play that here for everybody. Um, the interview was with a school in Patterson, California, mm-hmm. that has a class for trucking, just like if you were in shop class, just like if you were in body and fender class or VOAG, you know, any technical carpentry, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They now have a class for tru- little truckers. I mean, I right. shouldn't say little truckers because they have to be seniors. They have to be a senior. But it, it was an interesting interview. We'll get to that here in a few minutes. Not not only that, but when they they have to be a senior, but they also have to fit a criteria. The way it said, you know, when when we we're speaking to them, they they were mentioning a criteria that they have to to kind of fit into to make sure that it is something that they would advance in and not fail. Before and and I I like what you're saying. It's we always we preach on this show that trucking is a lifestyle, and if you're getting into it just for the money only you're probably doing it for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. And so if you go back to when, like I was a kid and many drivers out there that are listening right now were kids, we were taught by our parents and our grandparents. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we pursued it because it was something we really wanted to do um, versus it's a little different in today's age where a lot of people are trying to get into it for the money. But, but, you know, I used to go for rides, and I fell I fell in love with trucking. I mean, I literally fell in love with trucking. And what I wanted to say in the interview, what I didn't get a chance to say, is with the amount of um, regulations in the industry today, uh, 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 Uncle Bob or, or your dad or your grandfather really can't teach you. Now, yes, he can teach you. But he can't teach you and then go get you a job because every trucking company now, you know, that's insured has a criteria where they require experience at least. Yeah, well, they require they require at least six months or a year of experience or a schooling. The certificate. Well, I'm just what I'm trying to say is the schooling they need. In order, you can't just get trained by Uncle Joe and become a trucker, okay? Yeah, I understand you got to present the certificate to prove you went to the school. I get what you're saying, but all I'm saying is without that school today, most most truck drivers, I, I've met truck drivers over the last couple of years and so have you that, that they went and their Uncle Bob rented a Penske truck or he took the, they took the test in Uncle Joe's truck, but they can't get a job no. un, unless it's a crap job. I don't even know if a crap job takes it without the the, the certificate, so I don't know that. But I, I, you talk to drivers more than I do. But it's 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 a shame because the drivers that did it when their their uncles or their grandfathers or dads taught them, those drivers I think have a better base of it because they have the experience of that person teaching them on the road, and 
they can learn more hands-on, I think, because they're learning to make those mistakes that, that the schooling isn't, they're telling you not to make them. You don't actually get to make them. I like what you said there because, and I'm going to tell you why Uncle Bob was probably a better teacher than the school. I'm going to tell you why. Because the school has a, a curriculum, and I'm talking about the trucking schools today. They have this, okay, we got to teach them this according to DOTA. we got to teach them this. we got to teach them that. But Uncle Bob or your dad or your grandfather, he was showing you every little experience, technique to, to get you out of trouble. He was showing you all the things that you really need more for survival, not just the skills of driving, but he was passing on a lifetime of survival skills where I don't think the schools actually quite do that, especially when you see the way some of them, you know, just kind of they're like driver mills and they turn them out. I'm talking, I'm not talking about the high schools. I'm talking about the trucking schools, you know, the, the big boy trucking schools, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. you, You might have some trainers there that do care, but at the same time, Nobody cared for you more like your family when they were teaching you how to drive. I'm right. serious. Right. And you also had, I think, more of an ambition that to, to do it because, because it was not that it was your family member telling you about it, but I just think that you it was more of an ambition because you sought them out to do it and they wouldn't waste their time. I mean, how many times did you go to your uncle or your aunt and, or any of your pa- grandparents and say, hey, can you show me this? And they're like, I ain't going to show it to you unless you tell me you really want to learn it. You know, they know you whether or not you are going to want to get into learning it. So so that brings us to this interview with with this trucking or with this regular high school in Patterson, California, that you're in fact, didn't he say like 33 percent of their students are 4.0 students? Yeah, literally. So it's just they're smart, very smart. And it's just something they really like. And. What brings me to this, what we were talking about, Uncle Bob and, and your dad and all training you, this is almost like that. This is more of a mentor. This is more of a, now you're talking to the, to you know, where are people more impressed? And where, where are people more impressed at what age? What do you think? At a younger age or an older age? I believe at that younger age, those teens, there's so many things that can impress you to do something or to not do something at that young age. Yeah, you're very, you're more impressionable. And I couldn't think of the word impressionable. So that you're impressionable, and so now they're. T- he's, I believe he said their youngest people in their class are 16 right now. They had a 16. Yeah, they. I don't know if it's they have it now or they did, but they did have a 16 year old, and I guess that was just one that was advanced. But like he said, you have to. It's an elective course, so it's it's a course that you have the choice to come in and do. And with that being said, those kids that might have had the smarter 4.0 or whatever it was, they they decided to take that on for whatever reason. And the way he was telling us, they fell in love with it, too. Exactly. I I 100% agree. And, you know, a lot of people, when they hear about these programs like this, some people are against it. Because they're going, oh, you're just pushing, you're, you're, you're teaching kids how to drive a tractor trailer. You know, yes, they have a, a truck on site. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have simulators. Mm-hmm. But, but obviously, they can't get their CDL till they're 18. And they really can't go across state line till they're 21. You can get your CDL at 18. You just got to stay in state if you're driving for somebody, if somebody's actually going to hire you. But they're not, 
in, in any way is this a program that is designed to bring 18-year-old kids into the industry. What it's designed is is to get your interest to coming into the industry and to get a, get the young people out there thinking about what really is a truck driver because a lot of these kids grow up today, they don't even understand what is the life of a truck driver, what is a trucker about. And, you know, to teach these kids respect in the industry, mentoring them, it's no different than when we grew up in the industry at a time where we were allowed to just jump in the truck. I mean, there was no such thing as a rider pass when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I just got in with my grandfather and we would go. You know, you didn't have to have rider passes or anything like that. And really the bottom line is it's the same. The, if, if more schools, if more schools would do this, and, and I'm telling, this is my message, Ruthann, to all these schools out there. This is such a great idea to bring people in to the industry at starting them at that young age, unlike probably the last 20 years where it really wasn't happening. We kind of lost track, and there's such a driver shortage. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe, I really do believe that there is the law is going to change. I believe they are going to start letting 18-year-olds cross the line. And if they do, these programs will be even more important to starting them in the high school level. Well, I think a lot of us would rather a... 17, 18 year old kid being in the program than on the overhead bridge throwing cinder blocks at the trucks. Either that or in a gang. Like yeah. what what's beautiful is that story that he told about we'll let you know, let him tell the story here in a little bit, but he told the story about how that one kid that was in his class was a gangbanger and and his dad came in thanking him, you know, because he saved the kid's life. He gave him purpose, you know, praise God. Good. Oh, I was just gonna say um, nothing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but anyways, it's it's nice when you hear the story of of all that. Um, so Ruthann, how about we mention your favorite? I shouldn't I shouldn't say your favorite because everybody's like, oh, she likes them better than the other sponsors. No, no, I don't like <laughs> them better than the other sponsors. Not your favorite. But I like what JJ Keller has to offer so much that that they're my favorite company like that, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> because they help. They do. They're there for the truck driver, and that's what I like about it. So call J.J. Keller. It's the trucker secretary. Their number is 888-601-2017. Call them with any of your paperwork needs. Call them to ask questions. They'll be there for you. Yeah. Anyways, and one last sponsor I'd like to mention, uh, Carter Lumber. They've been a sponsor with us for the last... I think about a month and I, we just found out there was an issue with the application. When you click on it, it wasn't coming up right. So for those that have gone on the website, which is carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL, it is now up and running. So if you're looking for a local home everyday job, 166 locations from uh, the Mississippi and East, they get you home every day, class A and class B drivers. Call these people. Great pay, great benefits, and awesome home time because you're home every day. Ruthann, I think it's time we go ahead and move on to the interview. Let them listen. You ready to, to do this? Yeah. All right, everybody. Enjoy this interview that we recently had with, and Ruthann, their names were David Dean or Dine? How do you spell pronounce that? I Is think it it D-E-I-N? Dine. Yeah. Okay. But it's not Dean. It was, I think it was Dine. And then Lindsay. Trent. Lindsay Trent. Uh, please enjoy the interview. Let us know what you think. 
we want to introduce first Lindsay Trent. She's the president and co-founder at the Next Generation in Trucking Association. Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How okay. are you? Oh, we're doing pretty good. And and real quick, I just want to introduce Dave. And Dave is the CDL coordinator, the teacher extraordinaire, the man that has had a shift gears probably, uh, David Dean. And he's at the Patterson High School in Patterson, California. I'm so used to saying Patterson, New Jersey. <laughs> I, I, and, and I do get that a lot, but yeah, we're uh, Central California here, so uh, yeah, Patterson High School. Yeah, awesome. So, I mean, where do we start, Ruthann, with, with this? It's, uh, to me, this is exciting. I, I really am excited about this plan. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Before we even start asking questions, it sounds to me like a mentor program, like old school, like how my grandfather taught me. And as a, as a young kid, you can get interested in this without having to wait till you're 18. You really can't drive past state lines until you're 21, but at 18, you can get a CDL and drive intrastate, but most drivers don't even usually start till they're 21. So to get these young people interested, I'm excited for that because the industry needs people with a little bit of, what's the word I'm looking for, zeal for the industry. You're exactly, yeah, you're, you're 100% correct. And, and really, I mean, these programs are in such demand, not only for the industry, but really for the students. And, you know, they're all alternatives, you know, beyond a four-year degree, and there's other uh, options out there. The problem is we just don't educate our youth as, as to what these other options are. We kind of push them into the path of college, and because of that, we're losing a lot of quality talent to the trucking industry. You know, Dave, I'll tell you something I was actually reading online today, and I already knew this, but because, like, we, we've been in the industry forever, Ruthann and I, but there's companies right now advertising First, I mean, literally, like, uh, I, well, I won't name them, but I know certain companies like Cisco and certain actual just truckload over-the-road companies that are drivers, 50% of their drivers are at $100,000 to $110,000 a year plus benefits. I mean, that's a career. I mean, if you're a young person out there listening to Dave and Lindsay, that is a super career in, in today's day and age. What do you think, Ruthann? Somebody that's 18 coming out maybe within a year or two making $100,000. Well, I think what's really great with that is not only is it giving them the opportunity to start a career at a young age, but it also gives them that opportunity to start it before they get to the family-oriented. They get that actual experience of being that that truck driver, the old school truck driver that's going out there and they're just loving the road because they don't have that responsibilities at home to worry about being home right away. You know what I'm saying there? They can be out on the road for for the week, the two weeks. If they want to stay out a month, they can stay out a month and they're not worrying about their wife, their girlfriend, their children. They don't have that responsibilities. They don't have the responsibilities of the big mortgage and all that other stuff. They can go and actually enjoy the driving portion of it. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying as a young person, you don't usually take on the big responsibilities right right away. So you can kind of be out there and have the world by the tail in a a sense. Exactly. That's cool. So one of the, one of the things we do is, yeah, the the salaries are, are are going up and it's great, but we, we, we tend not to focus on that. We want to really we're trying to bring people into this industry that really care about the industry, right? Yes. And the, the, the 
average age of somebody going into the industry today is 38 years old. They're not picking it as a first career choice. This is their second or third or sometimes even fourth career choice. And I often think, well, how different would this industry look and feel if somebody picked trucking as a first career choice, right? Who have the same passion for the industry as I do, uh, how much different would this industry feel? And so we're really encouraging people to go into this industry because they have a passion for it. The money's going to follow you. And that's what we tell the students. Don't worry about the money. It, the money will come, but enter it because you love the industry, not because you're doing it for the money. Yeah. And the, and the other thing is, is that Gen Z, they want to make a difference. So they want to know that they're contributing to society and truck drivers contribute to society with every second that they're on the road. 70% of all of our freight comes to you by truck. And so truck drivers are keeping America moving. They're keeping our shelves stocked. When there's a natural disaster, who goes to deliver all the things that are delivered? That's truck drivers. Who keeps those trucks on the road? That's diesel mechanics. And so what we want to do is to really create excitement and interest in young people. But we also just want to inform them like, hey, what are careers in trucking? Because they don't know what trucking is today. What I, I wanted to ask you, Lindsay, since you were the president and the, the co-founder, what actually brought this idea to you to start the next generation in trucking? What what was the what was the baby that started it? What made that idea come about? So I started off doing driver staffing and now I work for Ryder. And one of the the things that everybody always talks about is in every single conversation that I have with a receptionist at a company all the way up to a C level. And that is there's a driver shortage and the, the population of drivers, that's an aging population. They don't have enough diesel technicians. And so I had so many of these conversations and there's always this problem. And I'm like, where's the solution? Where's the solution? And somebody in one of those conversations said, Hey, I heard about this guy named Dave Dine out in California who is starting a, he started a truck driver program at a high school and we started talking about that. And he said, I have his contact information. I'll give it to you. So I actually reached out to Dave and then Dave and I started talking and then we kind of came up with this idea, like what if the industry came together as a whole and worked on solving the problem of the driver shortage together. And so we feel in we think that if the driver, if, if our industry can come together and really work in education, reaching young people, that we can be a force and that we can really reach people. Education is so district by district and state by state that it is going to require the industry to come together and work in their local schools by doing career fairs or doing career pathway days or even starting a diesel tech program or a CDL program so we can really reach um, these young people to change their life. You know, they might not have any hope in any future, but if we can introduce trucking, then we can get them on the right career path. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, both of you guys are exciting me because one of the things we preach on this show is trucking is a lifestyle. It's not a job. So, you know, Dave, I'm glad you, you said that you're wanting these people to, you know, really go after the career and, and really want that. Um, and I, I believe, 
I believe that that's, that's got to be first and foremost. And there's really, that I know of, Ruthann, there's never been a program where there's what, what you would call a trucker or a trucking program in the schools. You have auto mechanic, you have carpentry, you have body and fender, all of VOAG classes, all that stuff that they offer, but nobody's ever thought of trucking. I mean, I think that's, it's genius. Right. And, 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 you know, honestly and truly, it's like I said in the beginning, it's like, it's like my grandfather taught me these young guys and young gals don't have anybody to throw them in a truck and go, hey, listen, you want if you want to do this career someday, you know, here's the basics of it. Here's the way it works. Take them for rides. I mean, I don't know. We want to get into some questions here about the program here in a second, but hats off to you guys for starting that because I would like to get some information off you guys. I don't know if you have information on how to get the program started, but it'd be awesome if we can get this going in a lot of high schools, not just right. Patterson, California. How about from Patterson to Maine? That would be awesome. Patterson to Patterson. Not Patterson to Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, here's a question I have, and 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 you, one of y'all had mentioned about the the different areas of the schools. You know, you have, of course, different different ethnicities, different type of economics and, and all that, that deal with different areas of the school. I don't know anything about Patterson, California. I looked it up. I seen where approximately is. It's like four and a half hours north of LA, but what kind of students, is it primary boys? Is it girls? Is it a good mix of it? Is it, you know, what kind of students are you, are you coming in there that are interested in it. Yeah. And how many that's that can go with my question. What kind and how many is it a big interest? Oh, definitely. So we're primarily, we're central California, uh, primarily rural agricultural farmland. The students that take the program, it's, it's a mixture, which is great. We have, um, primarily it is, um, we're probably about 85%, 90% male. Each year we do get more and more female students to take the class. This year I have my class of 20 students that are in the program. Three are female, which is fantastic. But what's really interesting is that this year we, we did something a little bit different. And um, we, uh, we created a, a working with a company called Job Behaviors. And what this is, this is an assessment that is used to identify students that would be a good fit for tracking. So they went out and they, they interviewed the top drivers from top companies. They isolated these, these attributes and then created an assessment around that, those attributes. So this year, this is really interesting, 33% of the students that are currently taking my program are 4.0 students. Wow. GPA 4.0, right? That's awesome. And that's, that's a huge change because typically we get more of the people that are just, you know, they're looking at this kind of a different way. The C people. But what's really <laughs> interesting is that um, the, these students that are taking the program, yeah, they do want to get their CDL. They want to use that to help pay, pay their way through college. But what's really interesting is that they want to go ahead and get their degree in engineering, computer science management. Now they want to come back to the industry at a different level and maybe be you know, one of those people working on new truck technology. So we're not losing anybody. We're actually bringing people in in a totally different way, though, which is fantastic. Dave, how long does the actual course last? Or do you do you have like a a just a, each each kid that comes into your class? It's just for one year, and and how long have you actually been uh, actually doing this course? Yeah, we started the program. This is our fifth year. It is a it's an elective course. We're part of something called our supply chain and logistics management program. So at our high school, we have a working warehouse. That's a separate class. Um, we have a forklift certification program. That's a separate class. So we came in five years ago. It is a, it's a one hour a day for 180 days. It's a typical, typical school year. So it's 180 hours of that's just classroom instruction. 
And then students are also required to do an additional 30 hours of after-school lab hours. We have two driving simulators. So this is where they come in. They really do that more that the hands-on learning of the shifting hazard perception. We, do, we, we have a truck on site that we use for our pre-trip inspections, coupling, uncoupling, air brake tests. And then once students graduate from our program, they re-enroll in our adult education program. And we use adult education funds to contract through another truck driving school. They actually do the behind the wheel training for us. And that's another 110 hours. So did I hear you say shifting? <laughs> yes. Wow. Because, and there's a reason. <laughs> and that's awesome. There's a reason though. for everything, right? Go ahead, let's hear it. Um, some of the companies that will hire our students, um, typically they don't put them in, in the brand new truck day one. They're going to put them in an older truck, and that older truck is probably a 10-speed transmission. So, And I also, we don't want our students to have restricted licenses. So we do teach um, the amount of manual transmission. We also teach logbooks, paper logbooks. Why? Because what happens when that ELD goes down? Mm-hmm. We still sure. teach uh, We still teach uh, route planning. We use uh, atlases and we teach them how to plan a route based on an atlas. Why? What happens if that GPS goes down? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Absolutely. Everybody should be able to read. I, I believe everybody should know how to use a compass even, but, but yes. absolutely you should definitely be able to shift the truck and, and uh, read a map. And I, I'm, look, I'm not putting down some of these guys out there that that don't drive. They have what you call the automatic restriction. Mm-hmm. And it's really not their fault. It's the school that they go to. They yeah. don't offer manual transmission. So that it limits the driver. But, wow, that's amazing that you've got. what? What is the youngest age that you have in your class? So we work with, they have to be a senior. That's the only requirement. And so some of our seniors, they range in age. We actually have a couple 16-year-olds this year. So they can't. Even though once they finish the program, they can't start their, they can't play for their CLP until they're 18. Um, but usually they're right around 17, 18 years old who, who are in the program. And Dave, just so we know, you drove for many years yourself, right? Uh, yeah, I started off in uh, 1988. And um, so, I, I, you know, tell you the truth, I struggled in high school. I mean, I let, yeah, I was on the verge of dropping out. I was a DF student. And after I kind of dabbled around with racing stock cars for a couple of years, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go drive a truck because what I, what other, I mean, I, that's what I love doing. I love driving. I had no education. I had no other skills. So trucking made the most sense. So I went into trucking. And one of the things I realized when I got to truck driving school, I started getting all A's. Like the DF student is now getting all A's. And I'm like, hold on, something doesn't make sense here. And I finally realized that um, I just didn't care in high school. You know, I'm not stupid. <laughs> I just didn't care. Right. And I can't tell you how many people I see going through our educational system today who plainly just don't care. Why? Because we give them nothing to care about. Mm-hmm. So by having this non-traditional classroom, we've seen lives transform because we're, we create a space for them where they can be successful. Ruthann, I got A's in high school. No, you didn't. Yeah, in gym class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, now, now hey, Lindsay, have you, have you drove? Did you have your CD also? I don't. I don't. I don't have my CDL, but the reason I am, I, you know, we came up with this idea to start this nonprofit is because when you're in the trucking industry, you fall in love with it and you fall in love with the people, the mission. And so we want to um, just create a better environment for our future. And young people just don't know about trucking. They're going to college when they don't need to be. We need to be introducing them to other avenues. And, and we really feel like trucking is the avenue that they should consider. And so we are, um, so that's, 
I just fell in love with trucking, and that was it. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's easy to fall in love. So I want to I want to do something both of you. I want to I want to shoot down the stereotype for a second because like we we all know that in the last couple of years they've been really trying to push for honestly eighteen year old drivers to be able to start going across state line. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to give you my opinion for a second. An 18-year-old kid, if you live in Texas, for example, you're allowed to drive, what is it, 883 miles or something like that from on I-10 from the border of, of New Mexico to the border of Louisiana. And, but, but you ain't allowed to drive 10 feet into Louisiana. And you're not allowed to do that. It's just too dangerous for an 18. It doesn't make sense to me why we limit 18-year-old kids. Even if we started them off on regional, I would be fine with that. Um, but I wanted to shoot down the stereotype of probably people out there thinking, oh, you guys are just training kids to be truckers. And in a sense, you're training them to be future truckers. You're mentoring them. You're not putting them out on the road. We want to make sure that every student that completes our program has the skills and knowledge to go into this industry safely. And not everyone who takes the program is going to get a CDL. About 25% of our students will actually complete the program and realize it's a good fit for them. But guess what we're doing? This is an exploratory class. So people can come, they're going to check it out, and they're going to say, hey, you know what? Either this is this works for me or, or maybe it doesn't, and that's okay. But we got to start doing a better job as far as educating the youth. I, well, I mean, like you said in the beginning, it, it, this is a, or Lindsay said, the need is there. You know, we have a, a, a hole here that it almost slipped through the cracks over the years. But now what we really need is more and more schools to do what you're doing. Because if you can get, if you can get people choosing that career as a young person, I was reading on an article about you guys, and it even said that the average age truck driver right now is in their 50s, and that, you know, they... They, uh, like you said, they, they choose their career in their 30s. Well, my gosh, these people that are young, I think it, it also said that all they know is what they see of truckers. They really don't even know much about truckers these days. Not like when we were kids, you know, where we grew up knowing about truckers. They even had trucking, trucking shows, BJ and the Bear and all that stuff. You don't see nothing trucking anymore at all. No, you're right. We, we had movies, we had TV shows, we had songs out there, and trucking. I, I, I had a CB when I was in seventh grade, right? It was just something we embraced <laughs> trucking back then. Exactly. And we got to make trucking cool again. And so we got to show them, you know, that, what this industry is all about. But it, it plainly, plainly it's, it's sad that people go through their whole educational system, they're not exposed to other vocational traits. I wish I would have had that class in my high school, Ruth Ann. I would have stayed in high school and liked it better. <laughs> I really would have. You probably would have. But, Dave, you mentioned the CB. Do you encourage CBs to your students? CBs? Yeah, like CB, like a... Citizens Band. Radio. He's, he knows what oh, a CB oh, is. Oh, yeah. In fact, oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, in fact, what we do is we actually go through... I uh, create, created a part of our curriculum, which has to do with just, like, CB lingo. Um, and it's more, like, industry-type lingo things that they might hear in conversation or through other drivers. We want to make sure that when they do enter this industry, they... They do understand the lingo that's part of trucking. <laughs> I love that. So, I, that was going to be my question, Ruthann. So we actually installed a CB in our van that we use for our field trips. So we have a chance to uh, kind of practice as we go on, on these field trips. So I'm curious, what does Next Generation, what is it that they do with, what is it that they incorporate themselves in with the student program? So Lindsay, you want to take that one or? 
Yeah, so we're um, so we are trying to um, get more trucking programs across the country and high schools, and we have had so much interest. And there are so many states where we, um, since we've started, that we have been having meetings. We've gotten commitments to start trucking programs. Um, we've we've just seen so much action, and we've got so many meetings on the books where high schools want to get programs started. So really when when somebody wants to, um, when there's an area where they say, hey, we'd like to start a trucking program, and then Dave and I will go meet with them virtually, and we will um, see what we can do to start, start a program, um, get one started. And I have to tell you, educators are extremely interested because they know that not all of their kids are going to go to college, and they want to provide different avenues that are within their community. We all know that trucking is in every community. And so what better way to keep their young people in their community with good paying jobs that can elevate families by training them within the trucking industry? Mm -hmm. What is it um, as far as the program itself? Do you help them find jobs once they complete it at all? We do. In fact, what we do is we actually create a, um, an advisory committee, and that's usually made up of our industry partners. And what's really unique, unique about our program is that actually not all of our industry partners can hire at 18 uh, CDL, but they've all set up career paths for our students. So they're going to bring them in, as I said before, bring them in the warehouse, the shop. They're going to get them in the industry, and that, that's a really important part of this whole concept. In fact, we got some uh, partners that are even looking at developing some new business uh, models where it actually involves class C vehicles uh, because of some of their customers, they don't need to bring a 53 footer in there. They can bring in smaller vehicles and why not bring in the 18 year old and get them in there and teach them, you know, the customer service skills and get them in the industry that way. Wow. That, yeah, that's actually really great. Wow. So, so I got a question on, you said you've been doing it five years with these young truckers is, do you have like some stats or do you know how many are actually in the industry right now driving for companies? Do you, do you keep track of the, all the graduates? We do. I mean, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's kind of hard. Um, I stay in contact with most of them. I've heard there's a couple others that waited a couple, they left our program, they waited a couple years and then they still pursued trucking, but they paid through it on their own through a truck driving school and they ended up getting their CDL. But like I say, I don't have contact with those students, but I'm hearing from other students that they're, they did get their CDL, and they just kind of took a different path to get that. Well, I actually have one more question that I have, and it's a two-part question. Out of all your students, what is the thing that they stated that they liked most about your program, about the trucking industry, and what is the thing that they stated they liked the least about the industry? It's interesting because a lot of the students, they really love the class because it's so hands-on. It's, um, and we do teach the digital generation. We do have the simulators, right? But more than that, we take this balanced approach of giving them hands-on experience with a lot of connections to the industry. And so we, we have constantly have guest speakers that come in from the industry. Uh, we go on field trips. I want them to kind of get a sense and get a feel of that community. That, that's, that's what I was drawn to trucking was the people in the industry. So, I mean, a lot of students are saying, hey, one, one class we never cut is Mr. Dine's class, right? And so <laughs> I think it's kind of a joke, but, you know. So I, I, I take great pride in that, that they love, they just love coming to class because it is a place where they can feel uh, success. Um, as far as um, 
what they've learned as far uh, what they see as a negative as part of the industry. Is that was a question? Yeah, I mean, it's like what did they like the best and what did they like the least? Yeah. As far as the industry or the school? Well, you can give me both. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think someone still struggle, even though they're in this the the classroom environment where they can be successful. They still struggle with some of the, their other classes and some of the demands put on them. Yeah, they say I we do want our students, you know, to to graduate high school and get that diploma. Uh, so we gotta, you know, encourage them that yeah, there are some hurdles and you gotta push through those. Maybe you're not strong ac academically, but a lot of times, you know, I open up my class at lunchtime, let students come in if they need a place to work on homework. Uh, just give them some some resources to uh, you know get that high school diploma. That's awesome. That's that's one of the, a lot of times when you ask a a person that's in their early 20s and what helped you out or what teacher do you remember the most you know you can end up being many of those kids that could be your your position in their life right now is well i remember i remember my teacher dave he uh he gave me this this great help with with just being there for me so that's awesome statistically kids who are in career tech ed which is you know, they used to call it vocational training um, or the skilled trades. Now they call it career technical education or CTE. And kids in those programs are usually are graduating at over a 90% rate of, in high school, whereas kids who are in traditional education, they're more in the 70th percentile of graduation rate, um, depending on the area. So if we can create more CTE programs, AKA the trucking industry programs, and then we can get more kids to graduate. That's, that's good. It's always better to have a kid out there in the, in the industry working, no matter, you know, so of course being in this industry, that's our field. So we'd like that, but having a kid not become a statistic of not accomplishing anything with their life because they didn't have someone behind them and helping them. That's always a benefit there is, is being someone that is there for the kids. Yeah. That's and they, true, they just didn't know. They just don't know. They, they don't know what they're not told. And so we have got to get out there and communicate um, the trucking industry to these young people. What do you think, Dave? Yeah. And you know, I, and I didn't realize the impact this program was going to have. Um, I, literally, I thought I was starting a truck driving program, right? I thought we were going to teach them skills. But with the first year we started the program, I had a parent come to me at the second month of the program. And he came to me after school one day. And I'm like, hmm. And he says, I'm Javier's dad. I'm here to shake your hand. Javier is my student. And I'm like, I don't understand for what. And he said, for saving my son. He said, before my son took your class, he says, we were losing him. He was on a path of self-destruction. He had no self-esteem. He was tied up in gang violence and doing drugs, right? And he says, once he took your class, though, we've seen a change in him. And we got our old, we have our son back. And that young man, Javier, went on. He graduated the program, first graduate, uh, first graduate of our program. He became the youngest driver for a local trucking company. He's been in the, in the industry for the last three years as a company driver. And I just got a text from him the other day, and he, and he, and he sent me a picture of his business license. Wow. Says, Mr. Dine, he goes, this is for Diaz Trucking. He goes, I buy my, I buy my first truck next month. He's nice. his own trucking company. Wow. That's sweet. And I'm like, and you think about it, it's just not one student we saved. I mean, it's it, that's generational, right? It's going to affect his kids and their kids. And he said this, he goes, Mr. Dine, he goes, I, he goes, I'm so lucky because when I was in high school, I hung out with these nine guys, his homies, right? He says, out of the nine, he goes, four are currently incarcerated and two are dead due to gang violence. Hmm. And I'm and so he knows he's the lucky one. In fact, he says he wants to start a trucking company 
and someday grow the company big enough where he can come back and hire the students from the high school program. Wow. <laughs> well, well, praise, That's cool. Well, praise God for Javier. So, exactly, yes. <laughs> so now let me ask you yeah. this. If Did you want something, Lindsay? Did you were going to say something? Yeah, I, were, I was just going to say, um, so I was at my local high school where we helped them start a diesel tech program three years ago. So um, a diesel tech program is typically three to four years long um, at the high school level. And the, so they're having their first graduating class coming up this May, and they're also offering a CDL to these diesel technician um, students. So these kids are going to graduate with their diesel tech certificate and a CDL. How marketable are these kids? And the teacher said, these kids will be making within the first couple years, $60,000. Most of their kids' parents combined don't make that. So we are literally creating these programs that are changing kids' lives and, and really getting on them on the up, upward trajectory. And it is just the most exciting thing to see what the trucking industry can do for these these students. Yeah, that is awesome. So, so Dave and Lindsay, uh, if if um, somebody wants to start a program in their high school, okay, because I'm going to check what our local high schools route then and see if they have any. I know they don't, but we'll try to introduce uh, a couple of questions. What one can they can someone contact you maybe to see what your curriculum is like or to how you have everything outlined since you've been doing it five years? I'm sure that. To this year is not the same as five years ago. I'm sure you've learned from some maybe some mistakes, some bumps in the road, and it's a lot smoother on on year five than it is on year one. Would you say? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we've been fine tuning this curriculum, and we keep actually it's still developing. In fact, I just purchased my first golf cart last week, um, and we're going to incorporate golf cart training into our curriculum. And people are like, why? Because I'm going to put a utility trailer behind that thing, and we're going to set up a, a mini skills course, which is the same skill, right? <laughs> and we're going to do it in a way that's very hands-on. Um, students are going to be very well connected to it. And we can also use it to teach uh, distracted driving. We can set up a course and, and show them the effects of distracted driving. So we're always kind of thinking outside the box. But for schools that want to get some support, um, like I say, our entire organization is volunteers. That no one's No one's getting paid. If you adopt our curriculum, you know, I'm not receiving anything. This is all volunteer work right here. Um, and I'm willing to share everything that I've learned over the years. And I will help schools and provide the resources that they need to get a program up and running. Why? Because the industry can't wait for a school to figure this out and go through the same learning curve that we did. We need these schools up and running today. I agree. So we we need them yesterday. Yeah, so the sooner we can do it, the better. So that's the reason we want to make sure that schools have those resources. So you mentioned resources a couple times. So is there is there like maybe government grants that, that these schools can get to pay for these these simulators? I mean, because what, what does a simulator cost? I mean, they're pretty expensive, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But, I mean, as far as a training tool, I would never train again without a simulator. And I, I used to work with adults that came out of prison. I, I had a nonprofit ministry I did for 10 years during the summers. And you, you take someone day one and put them in a truck, and you, you're going to try to teach them how to shift. It, it's sensory overload. I mean, they, they can't focus on anything because it's just overwhelming. The simulator breaks down the skills one at a time. And literally, within two weeks, I can walk up to a student on a simulator. Not only are they get, you know, hitting every gear perfectly, they'll tell me what gear they're in. And so when we do take that student and put them in behind the wheel for behind-the-wheel training, yeah, it's still going to be a little overwhelming. But guess what? That muscle memory is going to kick in, and they're going to hit those gears. And they're gonna, they won't have that, the, the, the same struggles as somebody who hasn't had that training. So, yeah, they, they, they can be a little pricey, but, you, you know, they're definitely going to pay for themselves in the long run, though. 
there's 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 funding out there. It's called Perkins funding, and it is um, federal funding for career technical education. And it's one point three billion dollars every year that goes to CTE programs. And you know, the more trucking programs we have, the more funding federal funding we're going to be able to get. Right now, a lot of that funding is going to other industries. Mm-hmm. Lin- Lindsay, say the name of that 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 program again. The funding. So it's Perkins funding, um, and it's federal career technical education funding. Okay. That is every year one point three billion with a B every year. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, a billion's a lot of dollars, right, Ruthann? Yes, it is. It's yeah. got a lot of zeros there. Okay. <laughs> So, Ruthann, do you have any more questions for these fine people? That was my questions. So, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to think of more when we get off, but, you know, we're at just about 40 minutes here. So, um, is there anything you would like to add, Lindsay, at all? Uh, Any advice to schools that are wanting to start up? Um, Any advice to students that are wanting to learn at this age? Is there any advice or anything that you want to close with? Yeah, so if, if a school's listening and they want to um, inquire about starting a program, they can reach out to us. You can email me at lindsay, and that's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, at nextgentrucking.org. And we'd be glad to meet with you and see if starting a program would be a good fit. And, you know, it takes time. We know that you might not be able to start a program tomorrow, but maybe next year or two years from now, you can start a program. We just want to start, get those, those talks started. The second thing I wanted to say is that, you know, I'm looking at this, we are looking at this as a win, win, win. When we start these programs, it's a win for our economy because we need truck driving jobs. Um, we move America forward. And if we don't have these jobs, our economy is tanked. Number two, it's a win for our industry because we've got a shortage of of skilled talent in our industry. And number three, and the most important, is that it's a win for these students. These students are are not succeeding in career education, in traditional education, maybe. And we want to pull them into our industry. We want to introduce them to uh, a great industry where they can make a great living and there's lots of different career paths for them. They can stay driving their entire career or being a diesel technician their entire career, or they can, like Javier, Javier, they can start their own business. They can employ more drivers. There's just so many opportunities. Really, the sky's the limit. Very true. You know, Lindsay, I was actually going to say that exact thing about a win-win, but you added a third win. But somehow you're in my brain. Ruth Ann only usually does my thinking. I don't know how you got in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so David, same question. You, you have advice for these young guys, advice for the schools, advice for somebody that's wanting to start up this program. Do you have anything to close with also, David? Yeah, it's really about education. And, and we, we often say it's an industry problem. I feel the industry is capable of coming up with a solution, right? We, we're more than capable of handling this. Um, and so it's really, it's, it is going to be a team effort. It's, you know, my school can't solve it alone. Next gen and trucking can't solve it alone. We really got to unify the industry. 
And it really starts with education. So if any companies are out there listening, company drivers, um, highly encourage you to start calling your local schools to just come in to do a career day, you know, bring a touch to the truck in day. Um, take that time to start educating our people and, and start building those relationships. So they might consider trucking as a future. For the schools, let you know that there's resources out there. We're more than will, willing to jump on a call and, and help help you through the process. I know it can kind of seem overwhelming. Um, how do you start a high school trucking program if you know nothing about trucking, but that's what we're here for. We can help kind of bridge that gap. And for the industry partners, uh, we want to be let you be a part of this process. And that's what we did in Patterson. They guided our program since day one. And so we want to make sure that we're creating the drivers that you want to, to succeed in your companies. You know, I got a message for Swift, U.S. Express, J.B. Hunt. All these companies got deep, deep pockets. If they, Dave and Lindsay and Ruth Ann, if they would actually start pressing these schools and maybe donate some trucks, and, you know, they would, they would actually be able to maybe even have future, future employees, in, you know, coming in. You know, there's actually some, some uh, companies right now that are actually bringing in drivers from other countries, which, you know, I think we just did a podcast, Ruth Ann, where uh, there's trucking companies deep with deep pockets are, are recruiting truck drivers in Africa right now. Remember the African? Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you, if you can do that, what what's wrong with, like like you said, Lindsay, we're capable of solving the industry, or David said it, one of them, um, you know, why not? Why not get these bigger trucking companies involved that have the, the money to finance some of this stuff and to even, you know, set things up? My gosh, they're huge. What do you think of that? Uh, that would be yeah, great. Yeah, so we are we are asking um, the industry to join in our efforts and to join our association and to get behind in what we're doing. And so I welcome any of those companies, big or small, to join our association. We have drivers that are joining our association and diesel technicians and professionals and schools. And so we all have to work together on this mission, and that is to, to create our, our diverse and skilled workforce. And that's what we want in our industry. And we're super excited. Every day that Dave and I get up and work is completely filled with meetings and our normal responsibilities for our jobs um, and having conversations and meetings just like this. And it's so rewarding. It's so exciting. People are so receptive and so much good work is getting done and we need the industry behind us. And that's for sure. We need those carriers to to jump on board and, and, and work on this mission with us. Well, that is awesome. Uh, Ruthanna, you, you have anything else? Well, some of those things that the big companies can do will be a big tax write-off. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they Well, are. that's exactly right. They can write it, write it off. Exactly. Like you can, Donate the truck, write it off. Write it off. <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to make Mr. Swift jealous of getting tax write-offs. I'm sure he understands that if there is a Mr. Swift. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, David and Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the show. We were actually excited weeks ago uh, to, to get to this interview and hear more about it. It's such, you know, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm really impressed that it's been going five years. That really shocked me, Ruth Ann. But um, thank you so much for coming on. If, if you would stay in touch with us, maybe update us if there's changes, all that stuff, we can bring you on for little cameos or whatever, but that would be awesome. Yeah, I would, that'd be nice. Yeah. That sounds great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. And, and just to Dave's program has been going on five years, but we just started the association and it launched in July. 
So um, now that Dave got it started and he's the expert, um, we wanted we want to get this across the United States, all over the country, so we can train our future um, trucking workforce. Patterson to Patterson. Patterson, there you go. I love it. (laughs) All right, you guys. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right, take care now. Bye-bye. All right, Ruthann, that was Dave and Lindsay from from California. And, uh, you know, I I have not heard of a program like this. I'm sure there's got to be another program somewhere in the United States that, that is doing this. What do you think? I think there, I think there would be. I mean, I don't see why they would not. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. So, all right. So we are in interview. Do you have a, uh, do you have a joke for the the folks today, or are we are we going jokeless because of the interview? No, I got two. So you, you, so you got two, <laughs> j- two jokes. All right, let's let's two. let's hear your joke since you do have a little. Buzz started with some of these guys wanting to hear those jokes. Let's hear it. That's because they're nice jokes. They can tell their kids, their yeah, I know. That's, that's friends. It. Yeah, so Ruth Ann's jokes are clean, so you can tell your kids her jokes. How does Darth Vader like his toast? <laughs> this the cocky look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does Darth Vader like his toast? I don't know. Tell me. On the dark side. <laughs> I would just call that burnt toast, but you know. All right. What's your second joke? What does a lion call an antelope? Dinner? Fast food. Fast food. <laughs> uh, that's cute. All right. So do you have the word of the day by Word Genius? I also have that. Let's hear it. All right. I got to turn my computer back up. Ready? I'm ready. Arcuate. Arcuate? Arcuate. A-R-C-U-A-T-E. A-T-E. Okay. Arcuate. 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 Okay. It is shaped like a bow, curved. His smile was full and arcuate. 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 Yeah. The population of the arcuate chain of islands shared a common culture and language. Wow. Yes. And you're smarter again this week. Here it goes. More genius. Yeah. Ruthann, it was a great interview. I really enjoyed talking to them. It was definitely it, interesting and informative. I think it's exciting news uh, for the industry that, you know, be, you know, I wanted to mention this. You can't get, you can't take your kid out and teach him to drive anymore and then walk him into a trucking, a trucking job because most trucking companies need a certain amount of hours from a school these days. So mentoring your own kid is not as easy as it used to be. So this is a great way to have your kid mentored. I think it I think it's definitely it's getting your kid and putting him in something that they can progress in. Yeah, I think it's an awesome deal. All right, Ruth then we're out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.